Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I'm so happy to have you here with me today. And you guys, when you are listening to this, when this comes out on the 26th, I will be just two short days away from moving. I am so excited, you guys. I can't wait to really share so much of what's been happening and all of the details of the big move. I can't wait to share it with you guys. As you know, like I said, I'll be doing a New York podcast very shortly after I get up there. I'm thinking probably two weeks after, so that's when I'll be answering a lot of the questions I've been getting. I'm going to do a Q&A on the drive up because it's just, you know, a lovely 20 short hours. That'll be so much fun with my dad. But I'm going to do a Q&A for New York questions and answers because I know I've I've connected with a lot of people that are also wanting to or getting ready to move back to New York or for the first time. So I'm excited to do this podcast because I'm going to tell you all about my apartment and the process of moving and answer a lot of questions for you guys. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you're someone listening to this far after I've moved and you're thinking about moving to New York, definitely head over to that podcast. Like I said, it'll probably come out the second week of February. So that'll make it episode 38 or 39. But I am very excited to talk to you guys about today's topic which is control. I am, and I happily admit this, I'm pretty much as type A as they can come. I'm a Virgo. I am highly, highly hyper-organized. I've gotten like very OCD throughout the years. I'm very clean, very, just very, very organized. I can't start a project. I can't do anything without having (laughs) a to-do list, a task list, a, you know, clean this, do that list, everything in between. I've told you guys several times that I really thrive off having a busy schedule and having that structure because I know what needs to be done. I know that I have this amount of time to do it, when it needs to be done, the timeline, the deadlines, etc. When I'm busy, I feel like I do have a lot more control because like I said, I know what needs to happen and when. And I know I've been really pressing into you guys this moment in my life right now in the podcast lately, especially But I feel like I've come to a lot of really interesting realizations during this sort of waiting expansion period, and that is a lot to do with control. When I have sort of an abundance of time on my hands or something in my life where the control sort of starts slipping away, I start to freak out. (laughs) I start to get a little scared, a little life crises moments, (laughs) and I feel like I have no direction. I feel like I don't know what's happening next, and that to me is chaos. And I think that there's a lot of variables that go into either having control or not having control or being in control or not. And kind of like a science experiment, there are always, you know, several variables that contribute to this result, to contribute to a result. So in life, I feel like those, when I was really kind of meditating and thinking on this, I thought, you know, that kind of makes sense towards the who, what, when, where, why, and how questions. But what I really want to talk to you guys about and maybe stress to you guys is sort of putting this in perspective of how much do we really have control over? Because I've been thinking on this and I've come to the realization and I've been doing a lot of reading on this. Um, It was actually kind of serendipitous, the book I was reading at the time, which I'm going to talk about a little later in the podcast, about how little we truly have control over in our lives. And here's the thing. We might have the best intentions 
or every intention of having something happen or having having a certain result or outcome come to fruition. But so much is out of our control from a lot of results, right? And I think that this is where we can really insert that talk we had a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago in the podcast on trust and surrender. So like I said, let me kind of give you an example. We may have every every intention, best intention to have something happen, but how much of every variable that goes into that is in our control or out? You may have every intention of waking up at five o'clock in the morning the next day. You have your alarm set, you're ready to tackle the day, you're excited, you're good to go, you have a plan laid out for the morning, you got your morning routine, you're, you're pumped, you're like, okay, wake up at 5 a.m., do X, Y, and Z, and tackle the day. Let's say that maybe you don't use your phone, but you use an actual physical alarm clock for your alarm, right? What if your power goes out? What if there's a storm in the middle of the night or just something happens and the power goes out or your charger stops working if you use your phone and your phone dies and your alarm doesn't go off? None of that is in your control. Absolutely none of it. But it makes a major contribution in whether or not you actually fulfill your goal or task, right? So, so much is out of our control. I know that was a really simple example. So let me give you another. Have you ever been in a moment in your life when you feel like everything is going right? It's going for you. The universe is walking right alongside you saying, chug along, you've got this. And suddenly everything went wrong, right? We've all been there. We all have felt that moment in our lives. You could be doing everything, quote, right on your end, But the universe, as much as it loves to walk alongside of us, also loves to challenge us by throwing us curveballs when we both least expect them and really don't want them. So let's just think of a work scenario. What if you've been working really hard at work, you've been putting in the hours, working on big projects, proving yourself for a certain promotion, right? Then what if you get the promotion and suddenly, despite all of your efforts, your dedication, your drive. Maybe your company gets a new board of directors or a new CEO or CFO or whomever, and they feel that that position is no longer necessary and you get fired. This happens. I know someone who this has happened to. She worked her ass off, got an amazing promotion, one that she had been working over a year towards, and one month in, they let her go because they felt the position was no longer needed based on the new CFO. That's insane. You could do everything again, quote, right on your end, but the universe comes up and it says, here you go, here's your curveball, do with it what you will. We can control our efforts as much as we want to and as much as we try, but so much will never be in our control. Now, of course, this person did have the control to decide what to do after. So of course, you know, naturally have a little breakdown, freak out a bit, midlife crisis, life crisis moment, and then you pick yourself up, you dust your feet off, you move forward. That's really all we can do. When she was in this position, when this happens, like I said, you're in control of your efforts, but a completely different, be it shocking variable, suddenly came into the scenario and completely shifted the trajectory of control out of her hands, right? So let me say that when I really began realizing this lack of control, thinking about these scenarios, these examples, I honestly felt a little bit terrified at how little was truly in our control. But, and I've said this on several podcasts and I'll continue to stress this to you guys, as human beings with free will, there are a few things that are very much in our control. And as shocking as it may seem, because I think we tend to forget this almost every day, not all day every day, but every day, we are in complete control of our mindset and our thoughts. 
And I really developed this thought from this book I've been reading. It's called Mind Change by Heather McKean. And let me preface this by saying I could never in my life as an intentional living coach recommend a book more. Absolutely run and do not walk to your Amazon cart and order this book immediately. However, let me put a little PSA disclosure in here. Be prepared for what is in this book, what information is in this book. I have highly comprehensive reading skills. I've read well over a thousand books in my life so far, but never have I been so overwhelmed with content in in one book. I pretty much have to tell myself to read only like 10 to 12 pages at a time because I'm doing so much highlighting, so much like rereading and there's graphs and examples and every page is packed with content. So again, as someone with an English degree and very comprehensive reading skills, this book is taking me quite a bit of time to get through. And I'm just, I'm highlighting so much information and I'm trying to make sure I retain it. And it's definitely something I'm going to go back and have to reread. However, Let me just preface that there is a lot of information that's a little bit shocking in this book and a little overwhelming to read. So again, if you do go get it, it's called Mind Change by Heather McKean. I highly recommend you take it (laughs) a few pages at a time. What I want to talk about from this book isn't actually something I talked about in the blog, but when I was writing out my points for this podcast, I sort of realized what I really wanted to talk about regarding control and mindset. And that is what Heather McKean calls the victim versus victor mindset. So we have something called our NLP. It's our neuro-linguistic programming. So these are what are called learned beliefs. So between the ages of birth and seven, you are pretty much using solely your subconscious mind to create thoughts, create action, understanding. And in your subconscious mind is where you're storing what's called your learned beliefs. So Do you guys remember, I don't know when or which podcast it was, but I used an example of thinking of your mind and your brain and your thoughts as a storage room. You're in a white room with millions and millions of file cabinets, right? And each file is dedicated to a different subject, a different person, a different topic, a different thought, right? And as you grow and mature and as you age every single day, you're creating new thoughts and you're storing them in whichever file you think they belong. She uses the exact same example, really, and it's cool to talk about the NLP or your learned beliefs. And from the ages of zero to seven, that's pretty much all you're doing is you're learning thoughts and hearing thoughts and storing them in your NLP is learned beliefs. So that's, you know, how we grow up with learned religion and our own understanding of life, because that's what our parents have taught us or whoever is raising us. So as we grow older and as we start using our conscious mind, your frontal lobe, you can unlearn beliefs and learn new beliefs, what you choose to believe. So that's why a lot of people like when they go off to college, also speaking about myself when I say this, change their thoughts on religion, change their thoughts on humanity, world beliefs, etc. When I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian household and now I am very much an atheist slash practice Kabbalah and Buddhism. But I personally don't I don't have a God for for myself. I believe in a higher power. I believe in the universe as being that power. So for me, you know, that's changed drastically. I unlearned a belief in Christianity and I, you know, adopted my own belief system through what I've learned in literature and in college and life experience. 
So as we grow up from infant to adult, we lessen our needs significantly for someone else to care for us, obviously, right? When you're an infant, you, you need someone, you rely on someone, you are technically a victim because in all scenarios, you need someone to do something for you as an infant, right? And then as you grow up, you know, you can start walking on your own. So you don't need someone to carry you from point A to point B. And you can f- start feeding yourself when you're a little bit older than that. And then you can start talking and speaking for yourself and saying, mom, I need food, you know, rather than crying and someone guessing, oh, okay, maybe she's hungry. <laughs> so as we grow up, obviously we come, we become completely independent for ourselves. And that, that really happens around 15, 16, you know, you're pretty much highly independent with the exception of, you know, your parents or whoever is caring for you, putting a roof over your head. And then at 18 or whenever you move out, that's gone. You know, you're completely independent and you're caring for yourself. And so you're no longer at all under this victim mindset. You are independent of yourself. You have your own thoughts, own actions, own beliefs, etc. So McKean argues that as infants and children, again, like I said, we're the victim. We depend on other people. And if they don't come through for us, we're the victim of their so-called negligence, right? So if a parent fails to feed an infant, then that, that child is going to starve. So once we no longer have that codependency, our victim mentality or status is now survived by this victor status that we are completely independent. So once that change is made, it's up to us, like I said, to learn or unlearn behavior based on beliefs we've since adopted. So we become our own people. You know, we are raised by certain people, but we don't become them. As we grow up, we choose to believe in certain things or not. We learn new behaviors, new characters, new things, new characteristics, and we adopt into who we are independently and we become our own human being. And this is where I really want to stress an intentional life or mindset. Even with heartache, trauma, etc., we can choose to adopt a mindset. And I want to stress this to you guys very, very much that I'm saying this with full compassion and understanding from the fact that I have been both in heartache and in trauma and been the victim. Everything happens for us rather than to us. And I think I've stressed this to you guys, the fact that it has taken me six years to come to the belief that my brother's death happened in a scenario for me. There there has been such incredible creation out of his death and that creation wouldn't have happened. I don't honestly know how to quite illustrate this to you guys best yet. I think I'm still finding my footing in this conversation, but I I do believe that I have reached that mindset. It's given me this mentality that at least I myself am no longer a victim of that trauma. You know, I it is something that happened in my life. I miss my brother every single day, and I understand that I do have to live without him physically here for the rest of my life, but I don't consider that being a victim anymore. I want to also stress this point to you guys very, very much. This is not to say we're never a victim again, and we can't be. We can be the victims of crimes, assault, etc. McKean says in her book that there is a difference, in fact, a black and white of having a victim mindset versus being the victim of perpetration, you know, so a crime. So let me be clear here again, in no way am I undermining the significance of life's traumas. As I've said before, I myself have experienced many victim moments. You know, I've lost lots of family. I've been assaulted. Again, I'm not undermining any of that or those experiences. I am simply jumping on the train. And again, I'll say these are not my new thoughts or new ideas. These have all been talked about, written about, explored, researched, etc. 
I'm simply jumping on the train of agreeance with this way of thinking and relaying the information to you as I've learned in myself. And that is that everything is happening for your highest self. And that includes life's traumas because again, we are human beings with free will, meaning the human being in the room next to you or standing next to you or sitting next to you or the person that's perpetrated a crime to you is a human being with free will and they are acting with that free will in a way that hurts others. And that is in fact just life experience, right? But I, I, I will say that this isn't really the conversation that I'm trying to have with you guys, so I'll move away from that topic. What I'm actually talking about here is adopting this victor mindset in the sense that understanding, even in life's most difficult moments, the scene for your outside world is unfolding for you, and it's a reflection of your mindset. So we've talked about this a little bit, and this is kind of where we toggle on the in control versus not in control. If you are in control of your mindset and in control of your thinking and your thoughts and your subconscious mind, meaning you're using the file folders stored in your mindset and your subconscious mind to benefit you, you are creating the world around you that reflects those thoughts in a positive way. I think this is a very enticing and very interesting concept to reflect on. I've heard a lot about this in, you know, this kind of coaching world, read a lot of information about it, listened to a lot of podcasts on this topic. The fact that if you control your mindset and you control your thinking, get rid of the I can'ts, get rid of this victim mindset, your outside world will then reflect the same back to you. And that means, you know, achieving your bigger dreams and becoming wealthy or traveling or whatever that is for you. So if you are in control of your mindset, i.e. this victor mindset, you remain in the driver's seat of your lived experience. Does this mean that you're in control of every variable? Absolutely not. No, we're not God. We're not this higher power. No one's in control of everything. This means that despite what variables come in, let me say that again, despite what variables enter your life and what life experience happens for you, you're under the thinking that whatever this experience is, it is in fact for you. Again, I'll say these lived experiences, both positive and negative, both success and potential trauma is happening for you. I've said this before and I want to stress this point to you guys again, I think in this podcast, I have thought about my grief in such different capacities, these these traumatic events, people I've lost. In some of those capacities, as I started my healing journey and as I started living more intentionally, I really started to reflect on this idea of who would I be without having gone through these traumas and becoming the stronger version of myself that I am today, being today of when I had these thoughts, right? So maybe a year ago. I would never give up those traumas to be someone who is, I would say, naive to life experience in that capacity, in the sense of losing someone as one of the greatest losses you can feel. You know, there's been tons and loads of research done on the fact that the greatest so-called heartache you can feel or trauma you can experience is the loss of a child, right? Obviously, I haven't lost a child, but I've witnessed two people, you know, so-called bury their son. My, my brother is cremated and not buried, but in the sense that they've lost him and they've gone through that process. And I have very much seen what that can do to a person and how that can affect our lives, right? As you guys know, you know, a year a year later, a little over a year after my brother died, my, my dad tried to commit suicide, you know? So that can lead to the most dark and depressing place really to exist in this, in this human life. And 
I don't know that my parents are there or actually would even ever get there to believe that this this experience has happened for them because you know as a parent your duty and your sole thought and life purpose is to protect your children so I don't think a parent could ever or very few people I would say could ever come to the understanding that they've lost a child and the life experience that's happening for them right but as Josh's sister you know as someone who's lost a sibling and lots of other people very important in my life it's not that I'm saying they died for me you know for me to get to this moment in my life but the experience and the way it unfolded happened for my life experience does that make sense I'm really hoping this does make sense and you're kind of seeing the well-rounded point I think I've also mentioned this before, the fact that there's been a lot of arguments in this in this sort of genre of work that we come into this world choosing our life experience. And, and I've said this before in the fact that every choice we have dominoes into, you know, several life paths that we are unfolding before us and we are choosing them as our free will. But I've read a lot of really interesting literature and I don't know that I'd say I've hopped on this wagon entirely. But I do believe at some capacity, you know, we've chosen who we're becoming in this lifetime. You know, maybe we were given three options and there was one that we chose and we could see it unfold from beginning to end, right? Meaning that if I did believe that wholly and fully, meaning that I did come into this world knowing that one day I would lose my brother. And I think that that's a really interesting thought process to go through. Just because, you know, again, like I said, no one would ever want to choose to lose someone. So I think it's, again, that really goes back to the control aspect, what, what we're in control of and what we're not. But I think that despite all of these other variables, when you do live under this thinking that everything is happening for you, the point I'm really trying to illustrate here after several different inside conversations in that one conversation is that when you adopt this mindset and when you believe that Everything is happening for you in the sense that you can experience something, learn from it, and take that as an application to your future. You are very much so in a lot of control, not fully in control, but you have a lot of control of what your outside world reflects to you. And we all know this in a general sense, you know. I think in a very easy example, I feel like we can all relate to this idea of if you wake up kind of in a bad mood and then something annoying happens and then, you know, maybe you spill your coffee and I don't know, your your lunch went bad in the fridge so you can't take it. You start out with a crappy morning, you're going to have a shitty day. If you choose to believe that you're annoyed and you're in a bad mood, you're going to have a really shitty day. You're going to get stuck in traffic, you're going to hit all the red lights, your email's not going to work when you get to work etc. You know, all this crap is going to happen because you're under the impression already at like 10 o'clock in the morning that it's going to be a bad day, right? We've all had those days. We all have gone through that and thought, okay, well, this day's already gone to shit and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. So the rest of the day is going to be crappy too. So I think that if you blow that to a much higher existence and a much higher scenario and kind of blow that out to your life happening before you, are you choosing to believe that you're going to get everything you want and that involves and includes harsher, more difficult life experiences, again, because of free will and the fact that other people's decisions also inform your life? Or are you going to choose to believe that you're not in the driver's seat, you're sitting in the trunk, have no control over your life, and you're going to choose to believe negatively, therefore, your life experience, your lived experience is going to reflect that back to you? That is what I'm really trying to talk about in this victim versus victor mindset and being in control. 
we are, I believe, based on the literature I've read and my understanding, we really are in complete control of our mindset. Now, I want to go back to this NLP thing because being in complete control, your NLP, from what I've read and what I understand, when you experience something in your life, something that you've already experienced. So, for example, if you are getting up on stage to do a public speaking thing or getting in front of a bunch of people to do a presentation. You've done this before, right? We did this in high school. We did this in middle school. We had to present projects. If you had a negative experience in the past, specifically if it was one of your first experiences doing this and it didn't go well, let's say in fifth grade, you went up in front of the class to present your project on, you know, I don't know, whatever, a science experiment. And Something happened and the kids started laughing at you, right? That's a negative first experience with that. Now, your NLP is going to take that data, basically, and store it in your mind as this thing that doesn't result in good outcomes for you, right? You get up and you you get in front of a bunch of people and you start talking. Your NLP is going to tell you it's going to go bad because that's your first lived experience with it. Now, if you adopt this mindset that you're scared of public speaking and you can't get in front of people to talk and it's always, no matter what, no matter how good the presentation is, no matter how good and confident you look standing in front of 10 or 2,000 people, it's going to go badly. So this is where I'm talking about this NLP and learned beliefs as we grow and we understand and move away from subconscious thinking and move into our conscious thought and our frontal lobe we can unlearn that behavior and tell ourselves and practice using EFT, visualizations, meditation, therapy, etc., that we no longer believe if I get in front of this crowd and speak, it'll go badly. You can unlearn those beliefs, those subconscious stored beliefs. And then that file in your storage room in your brain is just is just gonna kind of go in the shredder. You know, it's not something you believe anymore. You've adopted a new learned belief through learned behavior and through new lived experiences. So this can go into application into anything. If you are a naturally pessimistic glass half empty person, that is behavior you literally have to unlearn. And this programming, again, like I said, comes so much from how we've grown up and the the way we were taught to behave. So if your parents are naturally pessimistic people, that is very much so where you got it from. Now, I'm not telling you to go call your mom and dad and tell them, hey, this is your fault. (laughs) Definitely don't do that. It's simply up to you to unlearn that behavior. And again, that comes in with intentional living, EFT, visualizations, meditation, therapy, etc. Whatever version of that works for you is how you either learn or unlearn behavior and begin to change your NLP. That is where you're in control, complete control. Now, does that mean that you're in control of changing it at that very second, 100%, just flipping that switch? No. You have to literally unlearn the behavior over time. We learn about the Civil War over three weeks of class in high school. You're going to unlearn that behavior over several months of whatever it is for whatever you need. All right. That was an amazing conversation. I feel like that was jam-packed with information. I am going to be coming to you guys next week in New York. The next podcast you listen to will be New York Lauren. You guys... I'm so excited. I can't wait to share all the details with you guys. I know a lot of you guys have been DMing questions and asking me. And again, I, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, a lot of people I've connected with are also people looking to move to New York or move back to New York or thinking about it. 
And that podcast is going to be for you guys and anyone in the future who comes to it thinking, I want to move to New York. Because as I've said, I am very biased, but I believe New York City is the greatest city in the world. And I'm very excited to share on that journey with you guys. All right. I love you all dearly. And I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.